Welcome to the weekly podcast of Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Reverend Odette Lockwood-Stewart, pastor of Epworth United Methodist Church, spoke on Sunday, May 23, 2010. Her sermon was titled, Who We Really Are. Do We Dare to Live with the Things That Bewilder Us? The lectionary reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, and Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. When the people gathered on the festival of Pentecost, they had no idea what was going to happen to them. It was a day to gather in Jerusalem from many lands in gratitude and offering to God. A Jewish agricultural festival celebrating the end of the seven-week harvest that began Passover. People who gathered for a familiar festival, a familiar festival of faith, received the Holy Spirit suddenly, and a new understanding of who they really were and what they were called to do and be. As we experienced so beautifully at the beginning of this worship service, people were touched and moved and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. There were sounds like the rush of a violent wind or the pounding of wild drums. Tongues as of flame touching each head, each person. Wildly varied languages and cultures. Languages spoken and heard and understood. There are many ways to enter the story of Pentecost, the birthday of the Christian church. Most often, Pentecost is pictured with descending doves and with tongues as of fire. And the Pentecost miracle is described as a miracle of speech and languages. But perhaps the miracle of Pentecost is in the listening, in the hearing and understanding, a miracle of perception by people who were unprepared, surprised, and asking, what does it mean? In 1991, when I was campus minister at UCLA, I received a phone call asking if I would be willing to participate in a performance at Royce Hall with the Bill T. Jones Arnie Zane Dance Company. I was assured quickly that it involved no dancing, praise the Lord, (laughs) that I would be invited to tell a story and enter into a conversation. I was intrigued and I said yes. The day before the performance, not having any idea what was going to take place, I met with Bill T. Jones, who told me that the piece was called Last Supper at Uncle Tom's Cabin. At one point, I would be asked to stand on stage and to tell the story of Job in my own words, without notes. (laughs) And then he and I would just have a conversation. And that's what happened. The only difference was that the next night there were 2,000 people listening in. 
The stage went dark after I told the story of Job while Bill T. Jones and one other dancer danced, moved to the story. Then the stage went dark, and when the lights came on, there was a table with a microphone and two chairs, one for him and one for me. Now, each performance around the country of this piece, he engaged in an unscripted conversation with a pastor. In this case, me. I was rethinking the phone call at this point. <laughs> then Bill T. Jones, an HIV-positive African-American man and artist who lost his partner to AIDS, questioned me and confronted the Christianity that had nurtured and nourished him as a child. He questioned me directly about racism and homophobia in the church, about human suffering with a loving God. I haven't really talked a lot about this experience. I felt completely exposed and engaged and transformed all at the same time. In what I know now was a foundation-shaking moment of profound listening. Afterwards, immediately afterwards, I had to leave the hall and walk around the campus alone in the dark for a long while. His questions and stories stayed with me, but I had absolutely no memory of what I had said, not one word. Later, others, including Jim, helped me reconstruct what had taken place on the stage. And I don't know about the experience of other people, or of, for him, or of the other pastors in the other cities, but I will never forget the power of that encounter. This experience returned to me as I prepared for this morning's message. I think because of the stark power of art's truth without compromise the transparency and stunning and numbing requirement to be vulnerable and present in that moment without time to filter or edit before hundreds and hundreds of witnesses. The experience of being surprised and shaken and sustained and transformed by the Holy Spirit that I had to rely on and of claiming a church built with human frailty the rush of a violent wind, tongues of fire. After that night, I began again a program that is a long-standing program in campus ministry. It's called the Listening Post. So I would just bring a chair and a folding table out on the campus of UCLA with a sign offering to listen. No flyers, no potlucks, no speeches, just listening to anyone and everyone who wanted to speak. It's an interesting experience in Los Angeles, as it is in Berkeley. It is an experience of ongoing vulnerability and revelation and transformation by the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the people were amazed and astonished and bewildered and perplexed, the scripture tells us. In other words, the people who were there literally did not know what hit them. Even the disciples who had been promised by Jesus in the last, his last visit with them after the resurrection that the Spirit would come upon them. 
listening and learning who we really are by listening and understanding has to do with paying attention to the people God places in our lives, to the moments and the experiences that stretch us beyond our ability to claim the illusion of denial or control or containment. How do we know who we really are unless we open to the spirit, to things that amaze and astonish us, unless we dare to live with the things that really perplex us and bewilder us to live with them. The beauty and power and challenge of Pentecost is its fundamental call from othering to one anothering, to loving community led by God's Spirit. The voice of the Spirit spoke and each one heard in their own language. There was no hierarchy of language or barrier of culture or lands. All had access, all were addressed by the Spirit of God. One writer observed, who speaks what language and where and when is often an indication of who's allowed to be seen and who is to remain invisible. Colonialism has always worked to silence languages and force natives to speak the language of those in power. And Pentecost says no. Pentecost calls for listening to varied languages, to welcoming that confounds categorization, for living beyond our expectations, our wildest expectations. Pentecost is the powerful entry of the Holy Spirit into our lives to rearrange the world in surprisingly new ways. Suddenly, the differences between us are not something to fear, but to appreciate about God. In just a few moments, you will hear about Body and Soul, a three-month Pentecost adventure. And I have some of the same disturbing feelings about this program as I did in Royce Hall. My hope is that in being vulnerable to one another, in offering our gifts and our needs in Christian community, in immersing ourselves in the spirit, we will dare to listen deeply and to choose life from the deepest longings in our souls. My prayer is that we will experience the inbreaking of the spirit in ways that will change our lives and our world. I know we can never prepare to be amazed. We can't get ready for something that's going to perplex us or bewilder us. Although Vivian is leaving this next month and going to teach for a month at the University of Colorado on cultural humi humility in public health practice. Is that a beautiful title? Spiritual humility in the practice of loving Christian community. We can acknowledge in every moment that there is more to life and in that moment than we know or control. May we awake to wonder. May we be inspired by that wildly warming spirit that is ready now and always to reveal who we really are. Thanks be to God. Amen. Sing, sing
Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of Upper Earth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Worship services are Sunday at 10 a.m. at 1953 Hopkins Street in Berkeley. Childcare is provided during worship. Visit our website at www.epworthberkeley.org. Our love is not tender,